Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Marking Out the Days Weekend Warriors. This is episode 19. Anyhow, I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and as always, I am joined here with the other half of the hosting squad, the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, what's going on, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited to cover this week's show as well as uh, add a little, uh, a, a little current events, if you will, to our, uh, to our show this week and spice it up a little bit here on Marking Out the Days. But uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, we're definitely we're, looking forward to uh, discussing some things, all pro wrestling related, of course. Yes. Um, the nostalgia has us feeling um, lively, so we are going to be covering the normal episodes of WWF Superstars and WCW Saturday Night. But we're also going to throw in some, uh, some new stuff there, uh, a little th- uh, throwback, if you will. AEW All Out. Um, we're going to do some predictions, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Some quick picks um, on some of the big matches that are coming up for this for this uh, groundbreaking pay per view, as well as uh, a, a, not a, a major discussion, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on a certain individual who's in the area that lives in the Chicago area. That's a part of the Starcast event that has been rumored to be a part of this all out uh, pay per view, and uh, we'll, Al we'll t- Capone. Uh, I was thinking. <laughs> I was. I not was thinking. Not the same guy. No, no, no. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, no. Okay. How about Peter McAllister? Oh, Peter McAllister. Yes. The Good father. Yeah, the father. <laughs> He'd Wonderful. like a hotel room, please. <laughs> For the all-out event. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that, though. Uh, Before we do, let's let everybody know where we can find your lovely podcast, Kicking Out at Two, and all the other podcasts in uh, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Well, thank you very much. You can find Kicking Out at Two over on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, over on Podbean. Search Retromania. You'll find all the archive shows of Kicking Out at Two, as well as Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, this show, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania's Dead, Origins of Attitude, and so many other great pro wrestling content that we have for you over there. Um, th- last week over on Kicking Out at Two, we brought you uh, the My Favorites Collection, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Steel Cage Match from SummerSlam. 1994 we've reached the 25th anniversary of that great match Kobe sat down and joined me we watched it from start to finish on WWE Network so if you want to be a part of that you can find that over there on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network at Podbean this week new concept to kicking out of two it's called the Blind Date Diaries where I take a show that I've never watched before prior to recording the recap that I give you guys was it a good blind date does it get a second look was the meal good but your date sucked you'll find out when I talk about the big event from august the 28th 1986 headlined by hulk hogan and mr wonderful paul Orndorff from exhibition stadium in toronto ontario canada like i said i never watched that show before until recently and i watched it from start to finish and i'll give you guys a comprehensive honest to god no bullshit recap as I'd like to call the Blind Date Diary. And then next week, next week, Kobe joins me once again as we sit down and we watch Clash of Champions 20 from September the 2nd, 1992. It was headlined by Sting, Nikita Koloff, and the Steiner Brothers taking on 
Vader, the Super Invader, Ravishing Recruit, and Jake the Snake Roberts in an eight-man tag team elimination match. It was the 20th anniversary of pro wrestling on TBS. They made a big spectacle out of that particular Clash of Champions event, um, and it goes along with our Marking Out the Days Weekend Warrior timeline. We kind of bring Marking Out the Days a little bit to Kicking Out at Two um, with the, the, the WCW 1992 content with that special watch-along. So you can watch that with us on WWE Network. Hit that download button on Kicking Out at Two. You can find all the links to those archive shows. Like I said, Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. But more importantly, you could also find them on our social media, Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two, as well as our Twitter handle, at Kicking Out Two. All the links to all the archive shows over there, as well as debates and discussions, pictures and videos, memes and GIFs, and all that great stuff that is Kicking Out at Two. Awesome, yeah, and you can always find us on any podcasting app by searching Retromania with the W. Follow our community on Facebook with searching Retromania with the W. Join in there. We have some pictures and some fun memes that we share every now and then, some video clips that I share, and uh, some polls that Dave shares as well for his site, Kicking Out at Two. Um, so you can follow along and see what see what's going on with the next uh, log of content that will be uh, plugging in your ears. Um, you can always join in the fun on Pod, on Podbean. Jeez, you already said that. On Twitter by following us at Retromania Pod, or you can write to us old school style Retromania Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, Dave, I had a lot of fun doing the Clash, and that definitely lined up and synced with what we're doing here. Um, it's been a long haul, man. Nineteen weeks. Uh, we're we're doing it here, and we're we're going all the way until this war is. Uh, incongruent i guess uh, it ends december 5th where superstars doesn't have any more um doesn't have any more shows on the network like we've talked yeah. about yeah i know the content's uh, just just not there i mean i don't know um hopefully think- hopefully you know we can we can ask santa uh, maybe yes. you know yeah santa claus if you're listening um kobe and i have been good little wrestling boys this year um and we would like for you to bestow upon the wwe network more wwf superstars from post december 5th 1992 and beyond um so that we have plenty of content to cover but if we don't Season two of Marking Out the Days is going to be all about WCW Saturday Night because they kept up with the WCW Saturday Night content and have got us all the way from post-December 5th all the way to May of 1993. So Yeah, um, I'm ready to take that ride. Yeah, the fun never ends on Saturdays when it comes to uh, marking out the days uh, with, with Kobe and myself. So, uh, you know, we'll still be covering Saturday wrestling. It just may not be as much, but uh, maybe, it will, maybe it will fine-tune our podcasting skills a little better when we just cover one show instead of two. Who knows? But <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, we never know. But uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it regardless. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, but, you know, we'll keep you updated with the comings and goings and, uh, you know, uh, as, as listeners, I'm sure you have WWE Network um, and you have a subscription to it. So uh, if, if we happen to miss it and you catch more content, please let us know. Write us on G, write us on uh, our, our, our email or hit us up on uh, social media and let us know. Hey, guys, we, we, it's there. So we want to hear your comprehensive recap. So go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. You ready to get into our comprehensive recaps? Yes, I am. Let's do it, my man. It's the date of August 29th, 1992. Let's go to WWF Superstars. Early in the morning, 
uh, yeah, we start the show out with a big preview for this Monday's upcoming SummerSlam pay-per-view. Oh, my God. It's still not here yet. Jeez. <laughs> you know, right? We've been covering it for a while. And oh, I did man. a watch party of it on the uh, a week before the, the 2019 SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, which it feels you like can a find month in ago. the archives. Yeah, I know. I maybe I should maybe I should have lined it up a little better. Um, but I tried to stay with the current SummerSlam seasonal schedule. But nonetheless, yeah. It's been a it's been a long strange trip to head to this SummerSlam, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the Warrior Ultimate Warrior is going to face Macho Man Randy Savage for the WWF title. However, on last week's primetime SummerSlam Spectacular, planting the seeds of distrust, Under Warrior, uh, Under Warrior, because he looked like he was wearing no underwear, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior looked naked. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, with that, like, brown skin, uh, that, like, I don't know. It was a weird outfit for him him and uh, macho man teamed up to go against the nasty boys we get a little recap of that from the summer tam- slummer summer slam spectacular geez say that five times fast yeah with a dick in your mouth that's got to be pretty hard too <laughs> man oh <laughs> uh, yeah so uh we get that little um recap then we get Vince in front of a green screen pimping the WWF championship match again and the man who is behind it all now leading Ric Flair to the ring it's Mr. Perfect and we start out with the first match it's Mr. Perfect with Ric Flair here to face Joey Mags can't wait for this one jumping Joey Mags to be exact oh sorry sorry he didn't look so uh well he was bouncing around a little bit yeah just a little bit Anyhow, perfect and Flair cheat a bit. Figure four, Flair wins. What'd you expect? Not much here. I'll tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, it's standard, par for the course here on uh, marking off the days. No. What'd you think of the uh, SummerSlam spectacular? I still can't fucking say it right. <laughs> no, uh, you got it pretty good there this time. Um, <laughs> I. I mean, I didn't watch it. I don't remember watching it as a kid. I remember seeing clips and highlights of it, but. Um, I used to always like those, um, mainly because um, they were well, on more the or less. De- sorry, I'm more or less asking what do you what do you think about the confrontation between uh, Ultimate Warrior or the situation between Ultimate oh, Warrior and great, Macho Man? It, how they it was great like- build up and adding more fuel to the fire when it when it came to their rivalry, um, and we'll we'll discuss that a little more as we as we go on with this episode. Uh, after looking through my notes, but yeah, it was just an, it was another tool to. Uh, to get people into this match because it was two baby faces against one another and um, for the title and they needed some kind of instigation shit stirring of sorts to, to, to get them to, to really hate each other. The one thing I am kind of surprised that they didn't really follow up on was the fact that a year prior warrior put Savage into retirement and they never right. used that in this storyline, which I was, right. which it would have been great, but at the same time, it, it, it wasn't really needed because they had a good enough excuse for the two of them to not like each other with this whole who's in whose corner is Mr. Perfect going to be in. So, yeah, um, they could have played up the history. You're right. But they but they you know, what? It, I'm not I'm not 100 percent for it or against <coughs> it either way. You know, like they, they, I think they had a good story with with this, uh, you know, both guys not trusting one another. Absolutely. Um, then we go to the ultimate warrior. Hyping the match for Monday night, 
Warrior says, I stood skeleton to skeleton, and I saw gray in your eyes, and now it makes sense. You paid them to beat me down, or beat you down. Uh, he thinks Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect got paid by Macho Man to beat him down, so he would think that uh, he wasn't on their side. And then he was told by Rick, and it was certain. And in our tag match, you and I were not a team. We walked not together. We walked apart. Then, when uh, Flair and Perfect came out to beat him down, he knew they made a deal. And Macho Man, you sold your soul to the devil. And in front of 80,000 only warriors, I will release all the fury and rage. And you will never be the same again. I'll say this. It wasn't a bad promo. No, he was like talking. Yeah, he wasn't super, you know, charged up and pumped up. Um, But what I liked about this, and, you know, you can follow up, um, spoiler alert, that they go to commercial, Savage comes back, and they, they interview Savage. I loved how both guys had different takes on why the other one sold their soul to Mr. Perfect. Yep, and their perspectives. Their perspectives on it. And they, they cut to the video footage. And it, this was produced really well. I don't know if Warrior this was a one take for Warrior or if they had him do multiple takes in this promo. But he didn't get so super pumped up. But he was very – he was calm and his demeanor was – he He's told very, the story, yeah. didn't trail off. Yeah. Macho Man kind of sews it up, too, as he says he doesn't buy that Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect were scared of just the Warriors' presence. And then in the tag team match, it was set up, and I saw you get a little beat up um, by Mr. Perfect and Flair. And that just doesn't mix. And you and me don't mix. And we won't mix at Wembley. And against all odds, I'll be champion at the end of the match. And I'll beat you with a one, two, three. I guarantee it. Dig it. Yeah, uh, good stuff. He's guaranteeing a victory here. Um, So we can expect uh, a great match. And they keep saying not the scientific match that you would think with all this uh hoopla being added to the uh match but i, I mean they had a great match at wrestlemania and yeah, oh i love it love and like you match. said this is a great story going into that with especially with this little promo that perspective from each side that was so done perfectly and they were you know they played this they played similar videos at giving their different perspectives like you know warrior talks about how savage took a beating um, you know, at the hands of Flair and Perfect as his way of, you know, making us all, be- you know, believe that Perfect is not in his corner. And then Savage showed that same video and Savage says, you know, Savage says something to the effect of, uh, you, 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 I don't even know if that right hand landed on Ric Flair. Uh-huh. And then, and then mm-hmm. perfect powdered out. Like, I just love the way this whole thing was set up. It really put everything together and put like a big giant exclamation point on this story as like the final push for SummerSlam. And I thought, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. I, I this is probably I think the biggest selling point of this show of this particular episode of Superstars was the hype for that Savage Warrior match. I thought it was really good. I can't I, I can't not find anything bad with that whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, then 
we go to Pat Rose in the ring against Tatanka. Uh, remember that name, Pat Rose. Vince McMahon mentions Fuji getting hammered by Tatanka at the SummerSlam Spectacular. Gotcha, bitch. And then Tatanka has a picture-in-picture <laughs> promo as he swipes and says, Berserker and Fuji, you'll feel the tomahawk chop on Monday. All right, big pay-per-view coming up Monday night, even though they already recorded this, correct? Uh, yeah, this was already recorded. And here's a little tidbit about this pay-per-view or about the, this match between Tatanka and Berserker. This did not make air on the... Um, the the u.s pay-per-view uh mm. it was it was it aired live in the uk but when it came time for post-production edits this match didn't make the cutting room floor um on the united states pay-per-view portion and another match that actually didn't make the uk pay-per-view live pay-per-view feed was the crush repo man match Mm -hmm. That match only aired in the U.S. I don't know what the reasoning behind all that was. I don't know if there wasn't enough time or um, they WWF only paid for a certain amount of satellite time. They went over, but I didn't get why they flopped. They swapped out one for the other on the the two separate feeds. It was it was uh, it, it was rather interesting. But yeah, I thought I'd throw that in there. All right, continue. Um, yeah. So big chop, Samoan drop. Uh, one, two, three. Tatanka wins. Um, yeah, then we go to Event Center with Sean Mooney, brought to us by Ico Pro. Sean runs down the card, uh, the match between the model Rick Martell and Sean Michaels. The, the model Rick Martell gives us a promo about Sean keeping up his end of the bargain and not hitting in the face. Remember, that's going to be a rule for the match. Get ready for a wrestling lesson. Rick Martell and Shawn Michaels just wrestling. We'll see how long that'll, that'll last, right? Um, yeah. Then we have Crush, who has a promo about Repo Man. Get these hands, basically. Be there. All right. Yeah, Crush yeah, he's, and, and Repo Man. Yeah, he looks like Braun Strowman made love to a box of crayons, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 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 And hasn't grown a lick of hair. Yeah, yeah. for real. Uh, then we go to the ring with Dr. Harvey Whippleman uh, announcing Kim Chi and from Darkest Africa, Kamala. His opponent, Jeff Daniels. Sweet. From Nashville, Tennessee. You think they just, you know, thought like Tennessee, Jack Daniels. We'll just give him the name. Jeff Here's Daniels. something interesting, too. I don't know if you noticed this, but last week we talked about this. Perry Saturn was an enhancement talent and wrestled under the name Jeff Daniels. This yes. week, we had a completely different Jeff Daniels that did not look one lick like Perry Saturn. Yep. And then Perry Saturn played somebody even before, like uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, then we get a picture-in-picture -picture promo during this match of Harvey Whippleman telling The Undertaker, Monday will be your final match, and Paul Bearer, you'll have someone new in the urn. It'll be The Undertaker. All right. Kamala Splashes has some trouble pinning again. One, two, three. Though he finally turns him over and pins Jeff Daniels. Kamala moving on. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know who has like similar music now, actually? Uh, um, Jacob Fatu in MLW kind of okay. has similar music right now. Uh, so he's kind of going with the Kamala theme? 
Uh, he's he's he he, he talks. Um, yeah. and he he's he's still kind of savage. Doesn't wear the feet. Doesn't wear the feet. Doesn't wear the boots. Um, but I mean, he, oh, he's going his, old school, barefoot. Yeah, his um, yeah. his uh, change when he breaks a, a toe or two. I know, right? But uh, his his beautiful moon moonsault is it's it's great. He bounces off the second rope onto the top rope and then does a moonsault. But yeah, his music is uh, similar of Kamala's. Um, all right, back to Event Center with Sean Mooney. He tosses to Nails. Mm, who's going to face Virgil? Virgil, I will carry you out. And then we go to Virgil, uh, who says, I heard what you said. You're going to carry me out. And when you was doing hard time, I was living hard time. And at SummerSlam, I'm going to get like a carpet on you, man. I'm going to take you by your head, and I'm going to get you like a nail. And I'm definitely going to drive you into the mat. <laughs> fucking what? And then we're going to take a uh, uh, two-by-four, and yeah, we're like, come on. <laughs> and then I'm going to put some sheetrock, <laughs> and maybe a light bulb, and a right. fixture, and then at SummerSlam, it's going to be the Virgil vs. Nails Build This House match. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, can't wait for that one. Uh, on, the that- next flip, on, the, on the next Flip This Cell, only on TLC, Virgil and Nails head to... Top County, Georgia's correctional facilities where they overhaul this six by nine jail cell. <laughs> Looks like Jeffrey Epstein was here. Uh, shit. Sorry. Um, Money Inc. have a promo about LOD and they're going to make it short and sweet and extremely painful. At short and sweet Land. like Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey man, you started. I'm just having a roll. I just had to. I just had to. Sorry, dude. So yeah, all those great matches are going to be at SummerSlam. Uh, the SummerSlam. We talked we talk about seen. how it's a long, strange trip and how they twisted up the card and. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Chips. Mmm. Gotta have spice. Gotta have. Mm. Gotta have mm. beef. Yeah. Gotta have spice. Feel all excitement? Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, classic commercial there. I love that they left those in, too. It's funny how some of the stuff on the network, like some of the older commercials um, and advertisements and sponsors, are st- still make it on the air. Like they blur out the the the, the some of the nine hundred numbers. Um, they say the phone numbers aren't available anymore. But like, um, like. Castro, like some of the replays, are sponsored by Castro GTX. Or oh, yeah, I'm waiting um, for the Stacker Two ones. You remember the yeah, Stacker, the Stacker two, ones? two ones? Um, we'll even see like um, a baseball card sponsor at the beginning of, w- of this episode of WCW Saturday Night when we talk about it. Um, it's just wild that like some of the stuff that they still. I don't know if it's a mistake that they miss it or if, like, they managed to pay for the licensing to to keep the original commercials in there. I don't know how that all works, but that's, yeah. it's just fascinating. Um, we get a recap of last week when Papa Shango put a curse on Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> uh, that was that was lackluster. It was a it was an interesting way to intertwine storylines again, but we don't know where they're going yet. We'll see. Brett yeah. comes out to face Louis Spicoli, Madonna's boyfriend. Madonna's boyfriend? Uh, that was his name in uh, 
AAA. Oh really? I did. I was not. I, he wrestled for Triple. Wow. Wait. Didn't maybe know I'm maybe I'm confusing him with somebody I, else. Honestly, I don't know. That's why I'm. That's that's. I'm like genuinely surprised. But as ahead. I as I say something, uh, look him up. Yeah. Brett puts okay. the glasses on a kid, and uh, some old lady is really happy about that. Uh, Vince says, "Ha ha! You have the excellence of execution vision, meaning uh, you can't see when I'm gonna fuck you over." Sorry. Um, <laughs> you are correct. Under the ring name Madonna's boyfriend in Mexico. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I was just. I, I. I. It comes to my brain, and then sometimes I'm like, "Wait, am I right or not?" Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Brett and Louie have a quick-paced match. What did you think of this? It was. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. Um, you know, the the crowd was you know into Brett. Brett was really hot at that time. Um, but um, you know, Spicoli, you know, was one of the, the the rare enhancement talents that they they Brett gave him a little something in the match. It wasn't a total squash, yep. um, but yeah, overall it was good. Yeah, Brett has a picture-in-picture promo during the match. Hopefully, after Monday, the family will come together again. But after Monday, I'll still be the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, talking about his match with Bulldog coming up for SummerSlam. Vince brings up the family members building uh, this match even more for Monday. Vince says, uh, you'll see the most scientific match maybe ever in the World Wrestling Federation. Sharpshooter, and it's over. Uh, Yeah. Most scientific match maybe ever in the WWF. For a long time, people thought that. I mean. After Bulldog and uh, Brett. What do you think? I mean, it's it's it, you know it's a solid it's a solid argument. It's a strong argument. I mean, you know, I I, I can't I can't disagree. You yeah. know, it's hard it's hard it's hard to disagree with it. But yeah, definitely definitely a very um, masterpiece, masterful. I said masterpiece, masterful display of scientific wrestling at its finest between the two of them. Even if Bulldog was all cracked out before he got in the ring. Well, that added more science to it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we go to Mean Gene for the SummerSlam report on the SummerSlam hotline. Call this number and kids, spend your parents' money. Uh, he hypes the matches that should have been a scientific match. Macho Man and Warrior. Why do they keep saying that? Um, then he tosses to Paul Bear and The Undertaker. And you know why? I, I have a feeling. I know why. Because they why know the finish. It. Well, not only do they know the finish, but um, Warrior and, or I'm sorry, they probably know that Brett and Bulldog are going to go on last. Uh, and, you know what I mean? And that's probably going to sh- outshine this match. Yeah. And so that's why they're really, you know, playing it up. Like, this isn't going to be a scientific affair. This is going to be a war between these two. Because it's everyone's pro- expecting Warrior and Savage to be the main event. Nobody right. knew, in my opinion, uh, that Brett and Bulldog were going to close that show out, except you know the people that were you know putting that together. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's call. just that's just my that's just my guess. No, that 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 makes a lot more sense. So yeah, that uh, that makes a lot more sense, and I, I think uh, you're right. They they actually kind of paid attention to what made sense back then. Um, again, we we tossed to Paul Bearer and Undertaker. And what you've seen, Kamala, when you looked into the eyes of the Taker, the future 
in darkness. Okay, sweet. Uh, the battle of the brothers-in-law uh, will happen. Mean Gene pimping the bulldog and Brett the Hitman heart match again and Money Inc. against LOD. And they have Rocco. Is this their last promo? Yes, I think, right? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Hawk talks about knocking teeth down the throat of Money Inc. and coming out of their sphincter. Okay. Yeah, speaking of sphincters, they move on to the Rick Martel, Shawn Michaels hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Following that promo. Then Natural Disasters versus the Beverly Brothers for the tag team titles. And uh, then Gene pimps the hell out of it all one last time. Man, they are really pimping this out. All right. Oh, yeah. Justin Taylor in the ring to face, uh, coming to the ring, Rick Mar- the model Martel with a feather in his hair. Um, yeah. Justin Taylor has cowboy boots. You think he's related to any of the other cowboy wrestling people, Dave? Uh, let's think here. We have <laughs> Barry Windham. Um, you remember that. That's good. Yeah. The continuity. we got to keep the continuity yeah. here on Weekend Warriors. Um, there's Barry Windham. There's Kendall Windham. Actually, no. I think Kendall I think Kendall was in jail at this time. Yeah, I think he was yeah. in jail this time for the money. You ever heard that story about the money laundering? Uh, Yeah, the, him and... Uh, his father. Yeah, him and his father. Blackjack. Blackjack Mulligan had like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? They tried to buy a car with a fucking duffel bag full of $20 bills. Good move. Good move. Yeah. Uh, Sherry. That's why Kendall Wyndham was not in the Four Horsemen. <laughs> Jeez. Sherry, uh, Sherry Martell has a picture-in-picture promo. Um she says there's no reason any of these men, Shawn Michaels and Rick Martell, should have to lose their distinguishing looks. So don't hit each other in the face. All right. No, but hit her in the face with both your cocks after the match because that's what's <laughs> probably going to happen or already it had happened. Yeah. She probably got double teamed by Sexy Boy and the model with Buffalo Breath's feathers. Oh, nice. He was yeah. probably there too. Buffalo Breath? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Boston Crab. Sherry used to get down. That's what I heard. I don't, I don't mean to disparage the dead here, but, you know. I mean, Sherry, Sherry liked her sex. And Jake the Snake even said it yeah. at that live show yes. I went to. He loved him some Sherry, that's for sure. Nice. But anyhow, go ahead. Let's let, let's continue. Uh, Boston Crab and Rick the Model Martell wins and walks off with his feathers. All right. Yep. <sighs> then we go to Sean Mooney, who pimps everything all again. Uh, Repo Man then has a promo and says he's going to repossess Crush's career. Okay. Looks like your career got repossessed and flipped upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right here, and tell you how it became the Repo Man of the year. Yeah, now you're now you're, now you're signing autographs with uh, half-worn uh, demolition face paint at uh, baseball card shops. Hey, they got Northeast. a settlement, damn it. So they own that. They did. Yeah, they own that right. Like two thousand one, they got a settle, uh, settlement oh, for the name. For lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah, for the name, the demolition yeah. name. Yeah. They fought for that for a long time. Yeah, that's why they're not going to the Hall of Fame. Natural disasters have a promo and say the Beverly's. This is your chance. If you're ready, uh, if you're tough enough, okay. Yeah. They're prepared for Monday. All right. Please join us. We invite you. Please join us. Mr. Perfect then teases him and Vince in front of the green screen. 
Perfect says, do you want to know whose corner I'm going to be in? All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's it's going to be, it's going to be, and then they go off the air. And that's your nice WWF superstars. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. What did you think of the, uh, the episode overall? Kind of breezed by, but uh, a lot of the... Uh, it did breeze by, but, you know, there was a uh, good push for SummerSlam. Um like I said, the highlight for me was that Warrior Savage recap at the beginning of the show and their different perspectives on why the other one turned and joined Mr. Perfect. I thought that was great. Yeah. Absolutely thought that was the best part of the show right there. Yep. Um, all right. Before we get into WCW Saturday night, let's do a little bit of the predictions for AEW All Out. Um, we'll yeah. do like half the card and then we can do the, uh, the other half after WCW. I'm down with it. Sounds yeah, man, good. let's do it. All right. So uh, the first uh, opening match that I think will be on the pre-show, AEW All Out, uh, it's going to be the Women's Casino Battle Royale. A lot of uh, women have been showing up in the recent promos. Have you watched the Road 2s? Yes, I have. Um, some interesting names. Uh, Roddy Piper's daughter, Teal Piper, yes. um, going to be a part of this. Uh, Eva Lise, who used to be on Tough Enough, as well as uh, Lucha Underground. Um, uh, awesome Kong. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a rumor uh, that um, Tennille Dashwood, uh, the former Emma from WWE, is going to have a, um, a spot in this match. So... And she's currently signed with Impact Wrestling, so go figure. But, um, yeah, I mean, this it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, interesting way to um, crown a women's champion for AEW. But, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to, uh, to to seeing this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Brandy. I like the rules, too, the concept. I'm sorry the, to interrupt. The card the, rules? Yeah explain, yeah, explain that. So it, you, you you draw a it's it's like it's like twenty one it's like right? playing blackjack yeah you draw a suit and five and 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 five competitors who who have drawn that same suit will come out at the same time to enter this battle royal um, and so it'll be five at a time to kind of speed up the process I guess you could say and then um, the the. The 21, the 21st person um, is all by themselves and draw, and comes out last. And then you just have your traditional over-the-top rope battle royal. But I thought it was a different – I thought it was an interesting take on uh, the battle royal concept, almost uh, like a, a Royal Rumble type, but um, kind of drawing the, 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 the gambling element uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the presentation and the concept. Pretty cool. Yeah, I absolutely like it. Um, and, uh, for this one, who do you think is coming out the victor? Cause the winner of this um, receives a women's title shot at their next yeah. event. You know, honestly, um, it's kind of hard to call because I feel like they'll probably throw a surprise in. So, um, I'm not going to say the surprise will win, but, um, if I'm going to pick someone, I'm going to go with Eva Lise. Okay. Eva Lise. Um, She's great. I, yeah. Yeah, I think she's pretty good, and she she definitely held held her down in the uh, the women's uh, division. Um, actually, wrestled a fair amount of men when she was a part of Lucha Underground. So, um, I think uh, she'd be a, a valuable asset to, um, to 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 the women's division. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with her. Okay. I, I think yeah, I'm gonna pick her. What are your thoughts? Uh, here here's my prediction. Um, okay. The the transgender wrestler. What's what's the name? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. That's my prediction. I can see that happening. Yes, that's very possible. Controversial, just... but also accepting of the transgender uh, community. Yes, but also open that. to uh, 
you know, trans wrestling or intergender wrestling. Yep. I, I could certainly see that. Absolutely. I could see that being um, a focal point, um, you know, and, and her winning. I mean, she was a part of the um, she was actually on hand with some of the other AEW stars at the TNT um, uh, press release of the uh, AEW show that was set to debut back up. About a month and a half, two months ago, she was taking. She was there with Tony Khan and all the executives. Um, she was a big part of that, so it wouldn't surprise me if she did win this. Another name that came up to mind uh, was uh, Britt Baker. Okay, another um, one. Yeah, yeah. She's I a doctor. Could... She's from the area, I believe. Uh, no, she's yeah. from Pittsburgh. Yeah, she's from Pittsburgh, but um, she um, she she was the first female signee um, for AEW. So I feel like you know they, they, they definitely want to build the women's division around her. Um, yeah, so I mean, who who knows who who could take it? But you know, I'll I'll, I'll stick with my pick and I'll go with Evilise. Cool. It might be a, it might be a long shot, but I'll go with Evilise. Cool. I'm going with Nyla Rose. All right, moving on. Okay. Uh, the buy-in pre-show, Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans familiar with any of these guys yeah i watched in helico and jack evans at the um i believe it was the the the, the fighter fest mm-hmm. show um or no not the fighter fest it was double or nothing when they wrestled best friends uh chucky taylor and uh, uh trent beretta but um if i'm gonna pick one i'm gonna go with private party um i think private party I've, I've seen some of their stuff on the indie scene locally here in connecticut and they're really fun to watch and i i just have a feeling that you know they're going to give it to them because um, they really haven't showcased them on aew television lately um or on any of the sh- aew shows no so, yeah. but i know i know the jacksons are big fans of them i'm, go- I'm gonna go with uh isaiah Casti and mark quinn as well or queen as well the uh private party Picking up the victory over Angelico and Jack Evans, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I think they're I think they're putting some um, some life behind these guys, and they're they're picking yeah. who they want to to go forward in their roster. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Angelico and Jack Evans, those guys are phenomenal, though. Um, seeing them oh, yeah, on they're Lucha Underground, and yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that there'll be a fixture in the AEW tag team division, but I mean, um, you know, I think Private Party not as not really established, and you know, on a big stage like All Out, I think they'll, uh, you know, a, a win could certainly help get people noticing them. Yeah. All right, we got three more: uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt against SCU, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, with Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. I think um, SCU is a little bit more established, and um, I think that they want to establish Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy as a as a team um, for AEW. And I think that kind of similar situation like Private Party. I think um, people kind of know who Jungle Boy is based off his you know he's luke perry's son the late luke perry um so i think they might want to capitalize on that just a little bit um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the three of them um scu established they've they've you know ring of honor and all the stuff they've done and um you know 
I think right now, if, if, if AEW is all about presenting newer talents to people, then I feel like a lot of these newer talents need to pick up victories and showcase what they're able to do on a big stage like the like this pay-per-view. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. Don't really not, – not too familiar with Marco Stunt. Yeah. Um, he, you know, indie wrestler. Um, very, okay. very small if you look at him. Yeah. Um, but he, he does some, some good stuff in the ring. We'll see how they can work out a match between these other three more experienced guys in SCU. Um, I, I'm going with you, too. I think the younger guys are picking up the victory here. I think they're, they're kind of developing their younger talent and uh, trying to stay true to not, you know, keeping the older guy or, you know, putting the old, older guys over, you know. Or their buddies, yeah. Um, all right, next match, Rio versus... Hikaru Shida. Uh, I'm going with Rio here because I know the name. I've seen her in a couple of the AEW uh, prior events. Um, I think uh, I think she'll pick. Not up too here. familiar with either of them, so I really can't give a prediction. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, all right, next one: Best Friends versus the Dark Order. Winners earn first round bye in the tag team tournament. Best I'm Friends, go Chucky. With Dark Order. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Okay. You think uh, yeah. developing storylines for these guys, too. I also I, I think the, in the manner that they were introduced at, like, Double or Nothing, and then they, they, they made, an, I believe they made an appearance at Fighter Fest, I want to say, or was it Fight for the Fallen? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in, in, the, in the manner that they debuted um, and the, the, the way they were presented as being taken very seriously, like, I think they have to win. So... Yeah, right. I'm going with Dark Order. I'll go with you too. All right, uh, let's um, let's take a break there, and then we'll do the rest okay. after WCW. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, let's do WCW Saturday Night from August 29th, 1992. We start the show out with a recap of the Omni when Jake Roberts assaulted uh, Dustin Runnels. Hmm, that's new. But building, yeah, didn't expect that. Say that again? Didn't expect that. No. Uh, WCW is brought to us by Bonrus Triple Play. Donrus. Bonrus. With a, with a D. Donrus. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Donrus. I see, uh, the only reason why I know because I collected baseball cards. I remember uh, having some Donrus baseball it cards. It looked like a B on the TV. Yeah. Well, Donrus means collecting fun. we have jim ross and bill watts talking up the show and brad armstrong's going to be here later he says he'll be able to go at the clash maybe against brian pillman if not he'll have to relinquish that light heavyweight title and uh bill watts is happy to reestablish tradition here on tbs all right yeah nikita and sting come out to face pat rose hey and Rick Thames, Pat Rose, the original, um, uh, the original Rick Rude, everybody, on, on two right. shows at once, on the same day. That is correct, yeah. He did it before the Ravishing One did. Look at that. Yeah. Pat Rose for the Hall of Fame, WWE 2019, 2020, Tampa next year. Let's, get, let's make it happen, people. Please, Come on now. please, yeah. Sickle, one, two, three. Ugh. All right. Uh, Nikita and Sting pick up a victory there. Then we have Jim Ross. He's ringside with Sting and Nikita, and they're hyping the four-on-four match that we'll be covering at 
the upcoming Clash of the Champions. Sting is going to kick the living snake out of Jake, he says. <laughs> I like that. That, that was, was pretty good. Clever. I like that one, too, man. That's why I wrote that. That was good. Um, yeah. <laughs> we go to a commercial, and we're back with Jim Ross and Bill Watts talking about the 20th anniversary of wrestling on TBS for the Clash of the Champions. And uh, they talk about Jake Roberts and Cactus Jack. They've been fined. Hmm. So you, Bill Watts initiating some fines here. We talked about real life him leveraging, uh, you know, changing up some contracts, didn't like payments and stuff, and fining people. So he's introducing it That's into right. the story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, re- reminding us of all the rules and kind of this is the this is what I like about this part of the product is people people like I said they, they shit all over the Bill Watts era, but you know he's he's trying to have some structure and and keeping up with the continuity with rules and and things like that. I, I think it's great. It's a, you know presented like a sport. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, part of that fans are going to be able to vote this Wednesday uh, at the Clash to see if they want the top rope rule to stick around. That's um, not allowing people to jump off the top rope or allowing them to. So I'd like that as well. I thought that was pretty good. And, you know, like I said, even as a kid, I used to, like, boggle my mind. I'm like, they have a lightweight division. Guys can't jump off the top rope. And we have a wrestler named Flying Brian Pillman. But, I mean, even as a kid, I was like, huh? Just didn't make sense. So yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they were putting an end to that that malarkey. Yeah, um, and this episode of WCW is flying by as well. Rhubarb Jones announces Jimmy Jam Garvin and his opponent 299 from Parts Unknown, the Barbarian. The Barbarian wins with a big boot real quick. One two three. Barbarian finishes Jimmy Jam Garvin. Wow. Yeah, that was shit. Did he? Did he? Did he forget to fill up uh, Michael Hayes's uh, uh, fanny pack? Hey, go out there and do me a favor. Put the uh, put the barb over. Yeah, do it easy way or hard way, dude. Dude, motherfucking dude. You want to be on this team or what? I told you, you need to pack more pills in my fanny pack. <laughs> Terry and Buddy did a good job of that. You as the fourth Freebird game been doing shit. All you've been doing is using your hairspray and tickling Precious's vagina. Well, now, I'm telling you right now, that's it. I'm going to bail. You're doing a job for Barbarian. And then you're going to see what your fucking career is really like. You're going to be driving airplanes for the rest of your goddamn life. You want to be a pilot all your life or you won't be a fucking Freebird? Because I'm a free bird and that's what i do pretty much that or bill watts is like oh, i'm much like uh i'm much like them jimmy jam long-haired guys and uh most importantly <laughs> is uh because he's talking about getting his fanny packed all the time it's weird yeah he yeah he's weird. not uh, like a, a a cartoon macabre yeah. like a like a like a character like he's a he's a real person he's a man and he uh, he'll, he'll hook him up with you <laughs> Uh, we go to interesting part here. Cactus Jack interviewing Jake Roberts. This is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I dug that. I dug that. Did you notice, too, in the interview that Cactus looked like he was either reading off some cue cards on the side or um, he just didn't see – he seemed out of his element. But at the same time, he was such a deranged character that it made sense that he wouldn't know how to interview somebody like Jake the Snake. Yeah, they might have had some off-screen directing. I'm not sure. Um, Jake yeah. Jake says he never liked Baltimore, and I never liked Sting. Fuck you, Jake. Never liked Baltimore. Don't fucking come here then. 
bet you bought drugs here. Sorry, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, then he. You're probably not lying. Yeah. Then um, Cactus asks Jake his impression of Ron Simmons. Ron and Jake says every dog has its day, and one day you'll be tested. Wow. And then Cactus says, "What do you have in store for Dusty's little boy?" <laughs> and Jake says, "Are you truly a chip off the old block or a poor imitation? Do yourself a favor." And go back home and sit on daddy's knee. Good stuff. Uh, then Cactus asks Jake, what about Vader? And he says, Big Van Vader, there'll be a time when you'll be tested too. Ooh, I'd love to see that one. Uh, but then he trails off and goes, let's get back to Sting. Sting, you were the man. But then you were dethroned by Vader. But what was going on before then? You were facing my little doggy. My little doggy with the box. And he's talking about the feud between Cactus Jack and Sting when Cactus Jack smashed his face with the box. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. But he's also referring to Cactus Jack as his little doggy. Almost as like they're a stable building. It's interesting. Um, I wonder where they were going with this. There, there was a lot going on in this because he's in the middle of a rivalry with Sting. Then they kind of address the issue with, you know, with, with the team at the Clash. Um, then they bring up Ron Simmons. Then they bring up Dustin. Then they bring up Vader. It was like they must have had a lot of plans for Jake um, following the issues with Sting because he, he kind of really, like, went down a list almost of, like, all these guys that he was going to go after, that he was going to test, as he put it. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, Jake didn't really stay that long in WCW. We'll talk about that on another show. But yeah, yeah, um, it's unfortunate. But I, I would have liked all those. Yeah, I would have loved the Dustin stuff because who knows? Maybe Dusty would have made a cameo. Um, the, even the Vader stuff, Ron said, Yeah, it would all it all would have been great. I mean, come on, it's Jake. I mean, he 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 fucking wrestled Bad News Brown because of a sewer rat in 1990. Okay, he would have made that shit look good. Uh, then we go to a throwback segment uh, from TBS, January 21st, 1984, Jake Roberts versus Terry Ellis. Jake hits the DDT and wins the match. Um, and who's yeah, it, it seems like they were just trying to remind us of who he was and where he came from, you know what I mean? And kind of throwing back that, um, you know, TBS has been on, on TV for that long. Yeah. Stunning Steve Austin is here with Paul E., and uh, they're with Jim Ross. And Paul E. is going to be suspended in a shark tank. And Paul E. has this incredible, hilarious, crying promo where he just, like, goes berserk at the end. I love this. This is great stuff here. I can't even do it justice. Uh, you got to watch this one. And Steve. Yeah, no, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, Steve is just calm and cool here. And uh, they have a game plan that will blow their minds. Wednesday night. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so Paulie, man, perfect stuff here, man. He, he he deserves an Emmy for that one. Yeah, the crying and everything. And Austin was very, like, composed and didn't really get too worked up. But, yeah, it was. and the backdrop with the cage behind there, yeah, I thought it was well done. Good, definitely got you interested in Steamboat Austin. Mm-hmm. And then next out, your favorite, Tom Zink. 
Let me tell you why he's the best of all the guys. Tom Zink. Tom Zink. And his opponent, Ricky Dragon, the Steamboat. Yeah, sweet, man. He's the type of guy that'll cheat on his wife. Oh, that's not it. Uh, interesting combination, but I'm into then it. Then he fucked his 15-year-old sister and might be doing some life. Oh, wow, nice. Switching up there. No. All right. Yeah. We're good here. Everybody, yeah. Retromania sing-alongs. Yeah, we're, we're going to do podcast a Roki here <laughs> on, uh, on, on, on Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, yeah. It's an interesting combination for a match, but I, I like it. Tom Zink and Ricky Steamboat, uh, two kind of faces, you know? Yep. And he gave and, – and Steamboat, and second week in a row, gave Zink some offense, you know, let him shine. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, when I saw the handshake at the end, I was kind of wondering if, like, Zink was maybe going to, like, you know, shrug it off and maybe we'll see, like, li- hu- subtle hints at, like, a heel turn eventually down the line. But Yeah, that's happened with Brian yeah. Pillman, but also kind of gets uh, brushed, uh, uh, kind of switched up. Coming up, yeah. oh, hold on a second. Yeah, Paul Lee is on commentary during this match, and they see Eric Watts ringside. And Jim mentions, "There's Eric Watts, the son of Bill Watts." And Paul Lee goes, "Oh, really?" Again, that relationship between <laughs> Paul Lee and Bill Watts. I'm not sure how sound that is. Uh, then Jim says, "Steamboat's ribs are—they're uh, getting better. They're—they're they're getting, they're softer, you know." And I just—I just put a layer of barbecue sauce on them and uh. Goddamn, folks, they're good. Talking about them ribs, everybody. Jim. All right. That one didn't fly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he's talking about a new recipe or what, but yeah, dragon ribs. Dragon ribs, everybody. Uh, yeah. We, dragon ribs. Yeah. yeah. We get a quick pace match. Big chop and a perfect plex from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. One, two, three. He pins Tom Zink. We go to a commercial and come back, and it's Brad Armstrong with Jim Ross. And if Brad can't wrestle on Wednesday against Brian Pillman, then he'll have to vacate the light heavyweight championship. Then all of a sudden, Brian Pillman comes out during the interview, says there's no doubt that Brad will come to the challenge. And he looks forward to a great contest, and he shakes his hand. And this is where I thought he was going to punch him or do something because we already saw weeks past the – the, the animosity between Z-Man and Brian Pillman. Yes, yes, that is correct, yeah. They had they had a, um, uh, a match at Wrestle War earlier that year. Yeah, this will be interesting. Uh, Brad and Brian Pillman. Brad promises, this is a family tradition, and we'll be kicking tail on WTBS, and I'll be glad to do it. Sweet. Thanks for coming out, Brad. All right, next match, <laughs> we go to Harley Race. Coming out with Big Van Vader. I love his music in WCW at the time, too. Oh, yes. It was menacing. His opponent, Scott Allen. Sorry about your damn luck. Huge splash and a clothesline. Another clothesline. Huge sunset flip type of bomb uh, that Vader tries to pull off. Choke slam. Then a big Vader bomb, which is actually a splash from the second rope. And uh, one, two, no, he picks the head up of Scott Allen. Then a Vader bomb, official power bomb. One, two, three, Vader finishes off Scott Allen. Quick work of him. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, once again, another standard Vader squash match um, with, uh, you know, uh, him and uh, Harley Race, who looks like he sells term life insurance with that suit on. Uh, Next Saturday, the tag team number one contenders are going to be announced in a match between Anderson and Eaton going against the Steiners. Ooh, that'll be a good match. Yeah, that that, that yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Yeah, and then we get the Jolly Rancher Crunch replay of Vader clotheslining Scott Allen. Jolly I Ranchers. love Jolly Ranchers. All right, we go to a commercial and come back. It's Teddy Long out here with Jim Ross, and he's pimping. Holla, holla. He's pimping some local events and the Clash as well. And then he we toss to the ring, and it's Ron Simmons coming to the ringside area in a suit with the WCW Championship. And September 2nd, Cactus, you better be ready. Uh, really not, you know, pushed so much as a big title match, is it? You know, he, he didn't really, like, stress as, it's like, you know, it's a ti- it's the title match, folks. You know, the title match. You know, they're not really, like, pimping that out. They're more or less focusing on the four-on-four tag match. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Simmons is kind of like an, an afterthought in many ways. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. This is probably, I think, when they started to realize, or at least in their minds, they thought, you know, this isn't working out. We need to shift, you know, gears and come up with something different. Yeah, they're trying to mix it up here uh, as while having ravishing Rick Rude come over and say, "You're looking sharp, Mister Simmons, as the new world champion, the toast of the world. Enjoy it while it lasts." Um, because you're going to have to defend against me, the number one contender, because he's the U.S. champion. Um, and he stands here, um, and you can watch what you'll expect to get if you get into the match with me, if you can get past Cactus Jack, like you said, kind of like an afterthought. It's like, okay. So uh, Rick Reed goes to the ring to face Chris Sullivan. While uh, Ron Simmons stays on commentary with Jim Ross, I like how they switch off the commentary throughout the show with guys coming up and staying during a match just with Jim Ross, you know? Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Definitely brought something different to the product. Mm -hmm. And again, this one is rolling on by. This is a 35-minute episode of WCW Saturday Night. So uh, on commentary, Ron says, uh, yeah, the contract signed between me and Rick Rude. Ooh, we're going to see that match? We'll see. Um, So he'll have to beat me. And take more than running your mouth. Rude Awakening, and it's over in like a minute. One, two, three. Wednesday, it'll take more than a trash can and a chair to beat me, Cactus. See you tomorrow on the main event as Sting and Nikita are going to take on Dirty Dick Slater and Greg the Hammer Valentine. And we go immediately off there. Solid, solid, solid show. I mean, 35 minutes, damn. Man, that's... We think that was what an hour, a whole hour show without the commercials. Yeah, probably, maybe yeah. even less. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, but they 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 did it in a rapid, rapid pace. Um, yeah, they breezed through. Definitely. Uh, I, I. What do you think for this week? Who who do you go for the victor? Um. Oh, let me think here. Um. I mean, they're building towards a clash. WWF was building towards SummerSlam. Um, I'm kind of, I'm gonna go with superstars. 
I mean, I just I was sold on that Savage Warrior uh, hype videos, the, the, the two different perspectives, you know, although there were some interesting parts about Saturday night, the Jake interview was interesting. Um, even the Rick Rude, Ron Simmons confrontation, that stuff uh, was pretty interesting. Um, another case where Rude really isn't finished with his issues with Nikita. Now he's moving on to Ron Simmons, but Ron Simmons has got Vader and Cactus. Like it seems like things are just all over the place at that time in terms of the booking. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm I'm still just sold on Savage and Warrior from Superstars. That just that took it for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Superstars. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll go with Superstars as well. I did like the the quick pace of WCW though. Um, yep. Maybe uh, no, I did too. Maybe if they had like a 45-minute episode, um, mm-hmm. they they would have time to tell a little more stories in the wrestling matches because it kind of felt like a WWF superstars like a quick quicker pace, you know. Um, yep. Besides the Tom Zink and uh, Steamboat match, of course, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, superstars nailed it though with the uh, Warrior and Macho Man promo. And uh, not a bad showcase from Brett and Louie either. So, good stuff. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's finish up this episode of Marking Out the Days with some recent stuff. Flash forwarding to 2019 out of 1992 now. Uh, let's finish up the card for AEW All Out. Um, <clears throat> the next match on the card is a triple threat match. Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. What do you think? I'm going to go with Havoc. Yeah. Um, I mean, Darby Allen had a a, a a great match with Cody Rhodes at Fighter Fest, and Janela is somewhat established with his cult following. Um, but uh, have, I think Havoc is really a virtual unknown that I think needs to be established. Another case of you know, get, give this guy the win on a big stage. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to Havoc. Hmm. And this is like a no DQ kind of match, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay. most triple threats usually they kind of, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there, there's gonna I'm, be a lot I'm, of plunder, baby. Yeah, I'm thinking there's gonna be a lot of fun in this one. I'm actually gonna go with Darby Allen. I think uh, okay. AEW sets it up to where victories are gonna be important, and this guy needs a victory right now. Same with Joey okay. Janela. Same with Jimmy Havoc. But uh, um, we'll see. Because both these guys, kind of the story is about the the win or the wins and loss. Why they got into a fight? Because they lost a six man match. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, so. at the at the fight for the fallen. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens here. I, I like Darby Allen a lot. Um, guy yeah. has a lot of promise. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, next match is the AAA Tag Team Championship ladder match. Uh, it's Lucha Bros defending against the Young Bucks. And uh, we were talking to off air before the show. Ray Phoenix actually has a leg injury, so we're not sure how much this will play into the match. What do you think about this one? It's going to be crazy. Um, Young Bucks ladder matches are crazy. I watched the ladder match they had with um, the Briscoes. Uh, I believe it was at the uh, Ring of Honor final battle last year. Yep. Great one. I want to say. Yeah. I mean, just crazy, insane stuff. Lucha Bros had a a pretty wild ladder match at an Impact pay-per-view a couple of months back against um, uh, LAX. So... um, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Lucha Bros for the victory. Um, 
Yeah, they're, the Bucks are established. I mean, you know, they're they're already big names, and I'm sure the Bucks are going to be a big part of the 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 you know the AEW tag team scene. They don't need the win. I think Lucha Bros um, keep the gold. Nice, nice. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think um, I think I think you're right. Um, sorry, I was trying to look up. I was at a final battle. I'm not. I, I think I saw the Briscoes and Young Bucks. Um, that was a fucking great match. Last year in New York? No. At Hammerstein? No. I was at the one yeah. where... Oh, I was at where Cody and Marty and Jay Lethal, Lethal? were in the main event. Uh, okay, the triple threat for the title. Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. But wasn't there a tag match on that card? Uh, I don't remember so long ago. Uh, anyhow. All right, moving on. Yeah, I think Lucha Bros are retaining their AAA Tag Team Championships. Uh, this next one here has a lot of steam behind it. Cody versus Sean Spears. Yeah, this, this you know, definitely personal. Um, I like the, the insertion of Tully Blanchard into the mix. We kind of talked off air who's going to be in Cody's corner. I've speculated Dustin. I've speculated Arn Anderson um, because of the ties that, you know, Dustin obviously being Cody's brother, Arn Anderson having ties with Tully Blanchard, who's going to be in Spears' corner. But um, I think... I think Cody's going to get the win by, like, some weird... like I. I like maybe like Spears gets himself disqualified, like maybe like the use of a chair, um, or even uh, Cody's corner man somehow gets involved, who I think could potentially be MJF. MJF is not advertised on this card, and he was in the hype video for uh, Cody and Spears talking about how he was gonna get his hands on Spears, um, you know, and you know next time he saw him. So I have a feeling that MJF is going to be in Cody's corner and play a part in the finish, but Cody will come out with the victory. Hmm. It could be good. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking Sean Spears needs this. Um, yep. So he, he, he's going to, he's going to pick up the victory. So, uh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, uh, cornerman. Let's talk about the cornerman. What do you think? I, I, I mean, like I said, could be anyone but logically i think i'm gonna go with mjf okay i i think i yeah. i think i would go with arn um yeah uh, i don't Arn's know it's a safe bet too yeah i don't know if they if he can show up arn or um magnum would be good we talked about magnum yep. ta maybe would be a good choice for this uh he could roll over the foot of tully um something i don't know um you know who's another name that i just thought of that might be I don't know if he's going to be in town for the rest of the weekend, but um, he was at Starcast. Sting wouldn't be bad. I don't know what kind of deal. I don't know what kind of deal he has with WWE. I'm not sure how deal. much sense it makes, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it makes much sense in this, and because of, you know any kind of history that he has with any of those guys, but um, yeah, that's just just something I threw out there. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, um, but. Yeah. but before we go on, I was at yeah, I was at best in the world. It was Dalton Castle defeating Cody and Marty Skrull in the triple threat. Oh, okay, see, I and then it was Dalton Castle, and then it was also uh, Briscoes defeating the Young Bucks in just a regular tag team match. But that went like 17 minutes. It was great. Um, okay, good, good, good match, good show. Um, all right, moving on. 
Kenny Omega against Pac. Man. I mean, I, I, I'm i just going to say I, I don't have interest in... I mean, it's going to be a great match, but there's not really story behind it as much as they were going with, with Moxley. Um, I'm guessing Pac picks up the victory because he had issues with booking last time. I don't know what the what the deal is. What do you think? Yeah, the, the, this match lost steam because of the John Moxley injury with the the staff infection. Unfortunately, um, I mean, not to take anything away from Pac um, being the replacement, I'm guessing that he was probably going to be a surprise of some sorts. I don't know where they were going to insert him on this show, but I'm guessing he was going to be a surprise, um, and they had to kind of pull the plug on that and put him in place for Moxley um, and make up for you know this really quickly. Um, I'm kind of with you on the same vein that, you know, um, Pac winning um, kind of plays into the whole story behind the booking and why he didn't make the, the, the AEW booking against Hangman at double or nothing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I also think, too, that um, if he's going to be a regular fixture in um, AEW, then being the first guy to beat Kenny Omega in AEW I think would be a nice way to get his run started because uh, they've been playing up that Omega's undefeated. Um, or I'm sorry, uh, no, he lost to Jericho, so never mind. I'm I'm stupid. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he lost to Jericho, double or nothing. What am I thinking? They've been playing up that Omega was undefeated for a while. Um, Maybe it was before the yeah. Was it before the Jericho match? Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I think so. I'm stupid. But, I'm sorry. But yeah, I think I think having Kenny lose actually would be a good story, uh, even though he beat Chima last pay-per-view or last event I yes mean, it would just be like oh he's on a losing effort can he get his victory back i don't know Pac just being also thrown in there is up, kind of different though yeah I understand playing up the fact that he do, yeah, he didn't have enough time to prepare for Pac. that could play into it yeah i mean i don't know yeah we'll see we'll see all right last one the aew world championship chris jericho against hangman adam page what do you think? You want me to go yeah. or you want to go first? <laughs> you go. You want me to go? All right. I'm going to go with Jericho. Really? Um, yes. As much as people say that, like, oh, you know, they're a new company. They need to establish themselves with a young champion and build off of that. I'm not against that idea. Okay. However, um, as different as AEW likes to make themselves appear, I feel like that there's a touch of old school still in some of those guys, especially in management, i.e. Cody and Tony Khan. And I feel like the money's in the chase with Chase and Jericho as the heel champion. And Jericho winning, um, you know, taking the title from Hangman, whether he cheats or whether he does it clean in the middle, that's like he's the, the payoff for, you know, wanting his thank yous for all the accomplishments that the company has made with getting on TV and, uh, you know, with, with the, the, the success of ticket sales at, at, at different AEW events Jericho on social media has been saying like you know you should be thanking me you should be thanking me I'll t I'll accept that thank you well him winning the title I think will be that thank you um and I think Jericho as an established name as the champion um is it will help them get to their debut on TNT in October so I'm gonna go with Jericho for the win but I think Hangman's gonna chase him for the belt um not not long after I think I think going into the TNT debut, they'll probably be, you know, 
going for the belt. Okay. Um, you know what? Uh, yeah, that's a good prediction, man. I'm going to go with Chris Jericho as well. That's what I thought from the beginning. I was like, they got to put it on him. He's, he's, a, he's a legend. To have yeah. him be your first champion... Come on, that's that's putting a lot of, uh, you know, that's that's a good lineage right there to start yeah. out with, uh, and then yeah. like you said, Hangman chasing him, good stuff. Um, it's all in the chase. I feel like the money's in the chase. I, as good as Hangman is, don't get me wrong, I think he's really good. Um, I think he's got potential to be the future and the top guy in AEW. I feel like they're kind of pushing him pretty hard and people don't really identify and know him and understand him just yet and i think by chasing jericho and Jer- working with a guy like jericho that people could people would have a reason to get behind him it's almost like what we talk about when when it comes to wwe and they just throw guys out there like give me a reason to care about rusev give me a reason to care about titus o'neill or whoever you know what i mean yeah they don't there's no i think like as good as hangman is I don't think there's enough reason for fans to care about him just yet. I think if he loses and comes up short against Jericho and Jericho rubs that in his face and they he chases Jericho for the belt heading into the debut, I think more people could get behind there's him. There's so much Not money just in the that. Diehards. Yeah, there's so much money in that Jericho promo too, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I'm not saying that Hangman's not good enough. I'm not saying that he's, you know, I, I, I like him. I've seen his stuff. I, I loved his match with Joey Janela all in last year. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, it's it, it, right now, I wouldn't say he's not ready, but it might not be the right time for him. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be interesting regardless. You're going to watch NXT TakeOver as well. I'm gonna do my best to try, try and catch it all. You know, I am a married man, so I mean, yeah. if I if I consume seven hours or eight hours or nine hours of wrestling and I I don't fit any time with my wife in there, that's that, oh that, shit. You got to make know. it up, or you got to do something beforehand. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be doing the job for a while. I won't be kicking out of two, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna try and you know while watch you know the, the the takeover show. I'm actually looking forward to that Walter. Uh, Tyler Bate match that looks like it could be another match of the year candidate oh yeah um, between those two guys oh yeah but um I do want to mention or as we're on the subject of all out um the CM Punk situation because CM Punk is at StarCast never heard of him um yeah <laughs> really <laughs> um a lot of people are speculating he might make a surprise cameo um, it's the first time he's really done anything big in the wrestling circle, so to speak. Um, Conrad Thompson booked him um, for a star cast, and he's claiming it's not a third-party booking through AEW. It's a separate. Um, but I feel like if there was ever a time for him to get back into wrestling or at least be involved in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a one-off or whether it's a short-term run or whatever the case is, um, I feel like AEW is like right up his wheelhouse. And... I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not the biggest CM Punk fan. Not because of his ability and what he brought as a character, because I think there were some unique things about his character, but I just didn't like the way he presented himself publicly to the media and how he treated wrestling fans when he left. Not that he left and, you know, had sour grapes for leaving and, you know, bitched on that podcast with Colt Cabana, (laughs) which was totally hypocritical and one-sided of him to to say all the things he said. But nonetheless, I just felt like he 
he treated wrestling like it was a dirty word and wrestling got him to where he was you know and where he currently is now it wasn't for wrestling nobody would give a shit about him yeah bottom line. and did you see like the the koi video that he did pimping the uh star cast where he's like running against the ropes it's like ow this hurts yeah uh, i mean like yeah. I, I missed the guy in some effects because i was a big cm punk guy back in tna days okay okay i loved that he was dude. a part of that group with with um, raven and yes um man it I heard I heard his stuff with Raven and Ring of Honor is really and good that, stuff. I've that never stuff seen I it. saw later, but I didn't know that that existed. But they they kind of like brought attention to it in uh, <clears throat> in TNA and everything. Yeah. But then he would later get picked up, and I would see him on ECW, um, on WWE's version. And I was like, wait, wasn't he like? Was he a part of like the original ECW? I was so confused of like, where do I know this yeah. guy from? And then I was like, oh shit, TNA. And then I was like, always yep. like, yeah, 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 he's going to like be something. And when he won that fucking money in the bank, I was like, oh, shit. His first title run, they, they kind of shit all over him with the, um, you know, JBL and Batista stuff. I mean, it wasn't bad. There was some good storytelling. But, yeah, I think the guy over time grew into grew to hate all the attention, though. I mean, you got to think about the type of person that he is. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, and I, I can kind of relate in a way, like you don't want people up in your face and telling you what to do all the time when they're not living your life. They're not making the money. They're not taking the risk or sacrifice as well. Um, but he, he, yeah. he comes off as a dick, um, to, well, here's to what I extent. did. Here's what I didn't like about him. Okay. Now, first of all, that podcast he did with Colt Cabana. Okay. Let's be honest. Like, he did that because he knew he needed to be in a comfortable, safe place to air his grievances. He wasn't going to go to any other media that was going to hold his feet to the fire or question his story right. or question right. his motives. So he did it with his buddy who he knew wasn't going to give him shit during the interview. That's bullshit number one, okay? Bullshit number two at the beginning of that podcast, and I listened to it, and he said, he goes, this isn't a fuck WWE podcast. I didn't leave because of, of money issues or whatever. I'm telling my story well all he did was talked about how much he couldn't stand being at wwe that's he was getting the, out of money and yeah. yeah yeah exactly so that was a big fucking lie right there then you know coincidentally enough the timing of that podcast comes out and then maybe a week or two later after after the 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 heat dies off of that he signs with ufc and talks about wrestling being fake and he you know coming to ufc and to me when he threw that word out there i was like you're just shitting all over everything. The guys that made you in the business, the fans that supported you, you know, like you wouldn't be able to fight in the UFC if it wasn't for wrestling because wrestling was a part of CM. Yeah, you got to you know remember I mean? where he came from. And I, I think he'll he'll get a lot of questions like that at StarCast. Yeah. It's going to be I interesting. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I'm just, I mean, to me, like the way he just like has trashed wrestling in the, you know in, in 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 the years you know i'm sure there's truth to his story why he left and his yeah. grievances and all that other stuff okay i'm sure there's some truth to it and i'm sure there's some truth on wwe's side i'm not i'm not, I'm not making them blameless in this situation and he's and punk's not blameless in any of it either neither of us have have lived through that okay but i just feel like 
when it, he creates a narrative and has a way of spinning his words and manipulating people to, to believing his stories and then those same people that bought into his hype and believed his stories and supported him even after he left he shit all over them so that he could make a splash in UFC and if it wasn't for the people he shit on he wouldn't have gotten the deal he got working for Dana White in the UFC he wouldn't have been able to he wouldn't have seen the light of day in UFC for his little MMA pipe dream yeah. so to me in my opinion when it comes to him like I could take her or leave him I'll be perfectly honest with you if he shows up will I be intrigued will I watch sure I will because he was an interesting character but I'm not losing sleep if he doesn't come back either but in regards to this situation with All Out, I think not just being in Chicago, but the timing of the, the splash that AEW is going to make in the business, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for him to get his feet wet in the pro wrestling pool, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't think he's going to do anything. If he would, I'm leaning more towards that too. If but, he would, um, uh, I mean, it would be great. That'd be a lot of like spark and interest for wrestling again, because he was a big, yeah. you know, he was a big proprietor for that when he did that pipe bomb. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah, I, I like what they have already. They have what a great um, roster, and they have a lot of good, you know, great talent. Um, I think they're yeah. fine. So. No, I'm not saying that they that they need him, but I mean he's a big enough name where you know he's been gone for a long time, and you know to 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 his credit, people still chant his name at shows, True. and he's not and he's not been on a wrestling card. You know what I mean? True. Like that shows what kind of popularity the man has with the wrestling audience. So that's something that I think could help capitalize on the momentum that AEW has heading into their debut on TNT in October. But I'm kind of leaning towards the, your side as well, where I think he's so fucking stubborn, he'll bite his nose off to spite his face and never return to, to wrestling in this form or fashion. Like, this is probably the closest thing to it with the StarCast appearance at the at the uh, the, the interview panel. Yeah, so, I did your little um, meet and greet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I but yeah, honestly, that, that's, that's, where I see that's what I him. think as well um he he won't he won't do anything so uh that's yeah we'll see fun weekend though ahead of us dave uh as always it's been a blast joining you um this weekend you ready next weekend we'll be celebrating 20 weeks that's right 20 weeks on the heels of 20 years of clash of the champions on tbs absolutely all right well uh, i'll catch you next week then all right, brother. All right, see you.